0: Give me you, everything else can wait, give me you, I hope will not to Lord.
1: back to Challenges of Faith Radio program. I'm Gary McCann, producer and host, I like to acknowledge God and our listeners. My guest tonight is Pamela R. Cohn. Pam, welcome to Challenges of Faith Radio program.
2: Oh thank you so much for having me, Gary.
1: First and foremost, how are you, your husband, your children and grandchildren?
2: <laughs> Everyone's doing fine. We had a wonderful uh uh, holiday Christmas gathering with
1: church and family and friends so we're all doing well Good, good <clears throat> You know it's an honor having you on <clears throat> uh, Listeners um, thank you for your prayers and and God answering them because Sister Pamela and I have been trying to get on and for some unknown reason uh, up until now have not been successful and I always look at that as that means that Pamela has something to say that God would like for you all to be sensitive with your ears and hear, especially as we prepare to go into 2024. Pamela, what were your aspirations while growing up?
2: I would say I would consider myself a late bloomer, and uh, because late professionally. So I can see now, backtracking, my aspirations are connected to what I saw in what was put in me, but I really didn't have aspirations as far as professionally was concerned or any other space. I was a young mother. I was a mother at 17 and I married at 19. My husband was active duty Air Force. So for until age 36, my focus was on my family, my husband's career because we moved, you had to be, we were transit because we didn't stay in one place long. And ministry. So um, I didn't discover professional aspirations until much later in life. And so um, I didn't pursue my professional career until 36 when I went back to school. And I found interests that aligned and connected with me. And over time, I've discovered those aspirations were lying dormant all alone. I just <laughs> hadn't Uh, I hadn't developed them or had opportunity uh, to be able to focus on them. Mm -hmm.
1: Listeners, one of the things that um, I know you heard coming from our beloved sister in correlation with uh, when she became a beloved mom, but most Mm -hmm. importantly, she shared the fact about family, the importance of family. She didn't take, Mm -hmm. family didn't take away from the career aspect. She just shared that For her life, which is important for all of us, family is important, and so therefore you must have your priorities in order. And for those of you out there who are, just like Pamela just said, as it relates to her life, and maybe that's your life right now, you may Mm -hmm. not have the aspiration, but that's okay, because as you continue to grow, they may come Mm -hmm. into being, and then you become the person that you ought to be for somebody else, but for yourself first. Pamela, Why did you choose communication studies, African-American studies, and interior designing as your collegiate studies?
2: So um, my first academic achievement was in interior design. So I went to school. I pursued that from 2007 to 2009, and that actually came from encouragement from my husband. Again, his 23-year military career when he moved to Dayton, Ohio, And we knew we were ending his career. He said, you focused on family and supported my career. It's your time. What would you like to do? No question. No answer for that question. And we were actually out um, buying furniture for our new home. We were going to be homeowners for the first time in our marriage. And he said, you'll be good at this. And that interior design capability and talent is actually connected to my mother. My mother's a seamstress. So that artistic and that creative side of myself actually, again, was lying dormant, and he saw that. So he supported me in that. I do love interior design. I believe all those um, skills are transferable, and whatever I do, those principles that I learned in design, I use them daily, all the time. Then in 2012, you know, the economy wasn't that great, 36,000 plus jobs in the city of Dayton. So there wasn't enough customers to go around for design services. So I went back to school and I began to pursue entrepreneurship. My desire at that time was to have a design studio. Again, the economy wasn't that great. So I went to my academic counselor and I said, You know, I don't see where I'll be able to make a viable living doing this. What other Things. She, said, yes. she said, well, you're a minister. And I said, yes. She said, communication studies. And I said, really? She said, you're an excellent communicator. I think you'll be perfect at this. And she was right. It was an excellent fit. Uh, from there, it evolved into my uh, desire to have dialogue, um, my desire to have deep conversations, uh, which led to now I've hosted, I'm on my third, part. fourth, I'm on my Fourth broadcast, um, being able to content and messaging. Uh, I started a student-led organization while I was studying communication studies because I was able to take the um, academic experience and apply that to my lived experiences. So it just evolved, evolved, evolved. I eventually got a job in this space where that was important. And um, lastly, my my uh, in. African American studies, being able to see myself in the coursework, and I had an opportunity to explore that further. And I used that in the community to be able to help in the space of diversity, civil rights, all those many different things, and serve on several different boards in the space where civil rights and democracy and faith all intersect. So, taking time again to sit with myself and and know where my skills aligned, it led me, my journey led me to all of those many places, and they're connected to my family. Even entrepreneurship is connected to my family and rooted in how we
3: work
1: and what my fam, my parents um, emulated in front of us. <clears throat> Praise God uh, for uh, your partner, your husband. Listeners, now you <clears throat> have an idea why, maybe from a spiritual standpoint, the adversary didn't want this interview to air, because think about all that Pamela just shared. You know, in society today, depending on who's telling the story, in our community, meaning the black African-American community, a lot of time it's put out there that that male, that black male is not supportive, is not a partner to, for, and with the person in their life. And you just heard Pamela share as relates to her particular life, and the fact that her husband, her partner, was and is supportive, even to the degree of saying, hey, it's your time. But you also heard Pamela share that even though it was her time, she didn't rush into it. Where she did, she contemplated what her movements were going to be. And you heard her, which is important for all of us. She talked about the interior designing, but at the same time, she also laid it out in terms of the economy, laid it out as relates mm-hmm. to the customer. But she looked at it mm-hmm. from the standpoint of what else should she could she do. And as we continue this interview, you'll see how it all unfolds for Pamela, and it can do the same with and for you. Sister Pamela, I understand yes. you're pursuing yes. your master's in biblical studies. For those aspiring, what does entail, well, before I go to the next question, let's go back to the um, the biblical studies. Um, why are you pursuing those particular studies? Oh, oh, thank
2: you for asking, uh, Gary. So I've been in ministry for over twenty five years. I realized I was called. I would say at earliest ten, and I said yes to the Lord at twenty two. In our church, we develop within. We train uh, ministers within. Um, but I had never pursued it academically. And uh, so being able to do so, I believe, will enhance, and it has. Uh, I've just completed my first year. I completed um, the degree in December 2024. The Lord said the same. Um, so that being able to grow myself, to be able to feed God's people in a more greater and deeper measure. So that was my desire. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't it it came to me. The the mind and the thought. My mother prophesied that to me and I said, Mama, I'm not thinking about a master's degree. I don't want a master's degree. I'm not gonna go get one and the next day the <laughs> Holy Spirit just started speaking to me about it and um and tears were running on my face, honestly, Gary. I was like, I I'm you know, I'm three degrees in, I'm tired. <laughs> and so um <laughs> But I, I had heard about Indiana Wesleyan University. My husband got his master's from there. A good friend of mine, a church member, got her master's from there. So I said, I'm going to call them and see, and I'm going to see if this door opens. If this door opens, then I'm going to walk in. If This is the Lord. You know how we do. And mm-hmm. uh, I knocked on the door. It was the easiest process I've ever gone through. Everything just said boom, boom, boom. And mm-hmm. um, and so I've noticed that it has enhanced my ministry tremendously to be able to not only have the spiritual component, the calling, and all of that, but to um, have that layered with the academic knowledge and the spiritual context of the Word of God
1: has just enriched my ministry. For those aspiring, what does it entail being a communication specialist, interior designer, and a business development manager?
2: Um, I'm going to say (laughs) that's a lot. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Honestly, Gary, my mother had me speaking in front of audiences since I was eight (laughs) years old. (laughs) So that, again, ties to the first question you uh, asked me, was I inspired as a child? I didn't know I was being groomed. (laughs) I was being developed and not necessarily aspiring. I, I didn't see what she was doing. Um, and she always still does say that I am smart and I'm spiritual. I've been blessed to have mm-hmm. my mother uh, and my father as well. I call them my destiny partners to speak what they saw into my life. And um, as I look back over it, that was the, the, the thread. So communication for me is all about content. So whether it's oral, whether it's written as an author, a teacher, preacher, blogger, podcast host, et cetera, My desire is always to provide euphonious content that will resonate with the hearer or the reader. And from there it will facilitate for them personal and spiritual growth. I think a lot of times we can just give content for the sake of giving content, but if it's spirit-led content, there's that Mm -hmm. which God sent it out to do. So that Mm -hmm. is my Mm -hmm. desire uh, for that to take place no matter the platform but it would resonate and it would bear forth fruit, fruit that we may never know or see. But if I believe in that process that God gave me the word to say and I say it, then whatever his intent, it's going to bear that fruit. Um, so any recipient of my of my work on words, um, I feel that, in, that they will come away with engaging with me. Having engaged with me will be time well spent. And beneficial to them When it comes to interior design um, I was drawn to it Again, that's that creative side that That comes from my mother So to me, a designed and curated space Makes you feel at ease in the world So every morning, this is the truth Every morning when I wake up And I walk into my living room I just breathe It's just like, wow Everything is
3: mm-hmm. the scale,
2: the balance, the color, all of that. It it's designed and it's my taste, so it's a curated mm-hmm. space just for me and my family. Um, I did my son's first apartment. He says, "Oh, mom, when I wake up in the morning and I walk out of my bedroom, I thought I think, wow, Lord, thank mm-hmm. you." So it evokes emotion when it's done well, what it should do. The definition, by definition, design, interior design, is problem solving. And so it's intentional um, that the problem that you're solving for your customer, your client, is that they want a space that makes them feel that way. They want a space that reflects them and really makes them feel at home if it's, that is a residential space. If it's a workspace, I feel, I feel good coming here every day. I do worship spaces every time i would walk into my this one particular building that i i, I did for our church uh, it was a storefront but when you walk past the vestibule that i created the little wall mm-hmm. you you did not know it was a storefront it was sanctuary and every time i turned the key i would say lord this is a this is a pretty church and then i would turn the corner i would feel his presence so um that's what i love about design being able to create and god is the creator Mm -hmm. he is the creator so and i do believe that all your gifts and talents comes with the breath of god so when he breathed the breath of life into me everything that i needed to be who i am came with that breath so those Mm -hmm. gifts and talents, they had to be developed and fostered and discovered absolutely but they were not made up i just was not intelligent at 36 i just wasn't Mm -hmm. creative at 36 they were always there And um, God brought them to fruition in my life. Um, Mm -hmm. So with even what else? Oh, oh, you asked me, business development manager. So I've had the Mm -hmm. opportunity to work for a wonderful entrepreneur. And she started a business out of necessity. And the product was so amazing. When I read the job description and saw her website, I was going to meet her. I wanted to meet her even if she didn't hire me. That's how inspired I was by her. But in the role of business development, to be able to place her product in the marketplace where it fits. And you ha- that takes time. You're not just uh, selling a widget. You're, uh, you're meeting a person's need. No matter what we do, Gary, it's connected to a person.
3: So mm-hmm. if I'm getting
2: content, creating content as a product, someone's going to buy it that's connected to a person. Uh, interior design, I've had people I've designed for that they've cried at the at the end of the installation, it's connected to a person. A family is going to live in that space. People are going to work in that space. People are going to come worship in that space. Um, when it's Same with business development management. I'm putting the products into the market that people can use and need. And I would travel all around the country for her. I put her products, medical, um, uh, medical food, internal nutrition, in places like John Hopkins, Harvard University, Vanderbilt University, Canada, and every trip I went on, there were people that would come to me and say, "Tell her I said thank you. My daughter needed this product. My son, my husband, my loved one, my father, it saved their lives. So um, I cannot sell anything I don't care about that I'm not connected to, because then it's just a job. It's not purpose. So if you're seeking anything, a place that you where you fit professionally." has to be aligned with you and something you can believe in and I've always believed in her mission and purpose. And she's calling me back now. She's creating something else. And I made her lots of money at the same time. <laughs> Jerry, <lots> <laughs> <of> <laughs> <money>. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know
1: <clears throat> <Yeah>. listeners, <clears throat> one of the things that, that I know you're hearing from Pamela as I am, um, her sojourn thus far as we're talking about it, she is being selfish in a positive way. You say, Gary, what do you mean? Because a lot of times what we do, we look out for the other person, and there's nothing wrong with that, and we fail to look out for ourselves. What you hear Pamela sharing is that she unselfishly, but selfishly had to look out for herself in order to move forward so so that when she's able to be all she's supposed to be, then she can take all of that and help you, as she's indicating, because think about the individuals that God has blessed her to help, even starting with her son, being able to come out like herself and look at the wondrous work that God allowed her to do for, for him. And so the individuals who came along and said, thank you, it's because Pam, unknown to them, had to start with herself so that she was able to help them. And you hear her Talking about these different titles And it's the reason why I'm posing those questions Listeners, because later on As we progress on the interview You'll see how all that comes together Because Pam started off sharing that No aspirations And look what God has done and is doing And you heard her give honor to her Her beloved mom and dad As well as her husband And so therefore Mm -hmm. you'll see If you're not looking, especially as you're in 2024, maybe there's somebody around you that's trying to encourage you to be your best, but you're not getting the message because either you don't want to or you don't see it. Or maybe you have some two-legged individuals around you that's trying to keep you where they want you so that you don't move forward. Pamela, you have served on two boards Mm -hmm. of directors. Can you share... For those individuals who may find themselves there why did you decide to continue being a servant to and for the people
2: oh Oh, wow Um, so I served on the Dayton Human Relations Council again I had this minor in African American studies even though I had that I wasn't necessarily using it directly in the space of civil rights or diversity working with the organization, the company that I worked for, we served individuals who had a disability. So that was some disenfranchised or marginalized group, but it wasn't in the vein of African-American studies. So in the space of civil rights in the Dayton Human Relations Council, the majority of the people that they served were either women or or black or both. So I wanted to use that aspect of my education to serve. And so I served two terms. Uh, eventually being the uh, vice chair of the board, just specifically for that, just to um, be an advocate for marginalized individuals within the city of Dayton, whether it was in the space of their employment and discrimination suits or it was in where they lived. It's a lot of housing, unfair housing practices, especially when you are, um, you're low income and, um, they were impacted by these unfair practices because if they were evicted, that eviction never goes off your record. If they are fired, it's hard to find another job. If they've been looked over as far as pay, pay equity is a big, huge issue. So just to serve in that capacity to know the people that I would you may never have met before, uh, we did some sexual harassment and some quid, uh, quo, quo. So just to help individuals, where they have been to advocate for them when they were brave enough to use their voice to advocate for themselves was very, very fulfilling. I also serve um, on the women in Christian leadership. And one of my friends uh, in the community, she actually was one of my advisors on an organization that I led asked if I, she had this idea for women who were Christian women in leadership. And so, I actually named the organization Women in Christian Leadership. So she was like, what should I name it? It's exactly what you are, you're Christian, mm-hmm. uh, Christian women who lead, so Women in Christian Leadership. Mm-hmm. I was drawn to that because uh, I've never had to beg, claw, or scrap for a position as a woman in ministry. I praise God for that. That's not the mm-hmm. same for women. And so to be able to help, Support women in ministry was my objective. Another, I've never shied away from saying who I am. I could, I would tell you in an interview, I'm a minister. It, if you go on my LinkedIn account, it says that I'm a minister. I've never, that's who I am, and I want to be the same Pamela when, in the interview that you're going to meet the first day of work. And that's going to be minister panels, That's going to be preacher panels, That's going to be a woman of faith, important to me. So I never shied away from that. I never want to work in a space where I had to. So being able to lead from your core values is important. And so, and for not to be a surprise that this is who I am and my core values. And you don't have to say them. I, I didn't go to work carrying my Bible. I didn't have it sitting on my desktop it's in me. And I didn't make people feel uncomfortable, but rather uh, very comfortable in the fact that that is who I am. Because it's not something I put on. It is something, it's it's who I am as a part of me. In my church, I serve on various boards, Um, the ladies' board. I've helped in missions. I've been doing that all my life. But to be able to help build and make it better. I don't Mm -hmm. believe in, well, we should do this and we should do that. Nobody's rolling up their sleeves to do it. You do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, always bloom where you're planted. If I'm planted mm-hmm. there, then I want to grow and help it to grow, and not complain about being a part of the community in the, in, in the city of Dayton. When we first moved here, I know some of my Daytonians are going to scream. I wasn't all excited about moving to Dayton. <laughs> I'm like, dear, where are you have me now? I mean, we've been all over the world. We're going to be here. I don't. Um, and I remember saying that. I said, I want a, a, a community that's progressive. I want a community that's this. And the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit spoke to me one day. She said, you helped build it.
3: You mm-hmm. helped to
2: build it. And now I'm a part of this uh, group called Shiro. That's a lady. She owns a coffee shop downtown. She made me the, the Shiro of spirituality. And women, actually, in community, some men, especially younger men, Um, look for some advice, some wisdom, some Mm -hmm. counsel, uh, some encouragement. I've sat on several panels, been asked to speak here. Um, I represented the American Heart Association last year. Just in my community, it does make me feel good, but it's not an ego feel good. It's Mm -hmm. that I'm um, allowing myself to be used. I, I work with the Kettering Foundation, and they love dialogue. Those two things I love. And they'll, they'll ask me from that faith-based perspective, that lens where they intersect of community and faith. And so I'll serve in, on panels for them about two or three times a year. So community, giving back, I think we have a responsibility as clergy and people of faith. If you live in a community, um, to make that community better, not just for yourself, but the citizens you share that space with.
1: All right, you're talking about growing while causing growth and just obeying God Petra, yes. how yes. do you go yes. about how do you go about balancing financial diligence with client centered strategic growth initiatives while creating cost efficiencies, growing business, and delivering high quality I think this
2: is a deep question, Gary, but <laughs> I'm going to speak from my personal experience um, I try to to be diligent about who I enter business with. And so for me, it's just not papers. It's not just do you match me I had an opportunity not too long ago. I was asked if I wanted to be a part of something, and I I seek advice. I asked someone else. I said, what do you think about a partnership with that person or that organization? And they simply said, I don't think it's your brand. And so with it being your brand, it's not your brand colors, it's not your logo, it's not your slogan. It's who you are. So I'm very careful about who I enter in partnership with. I was not always. And so we could connect maybe in certain ways. We could both be excited about uh, women. We could both be excited about supporting women. We could be both excited about um, uh, ministry or the word of God. But when it came to business, we didn't agree. When it came to Mm managing money, maybe we didn't agree, and that got me in trouble. So you have to be very careful in regards to who you do business, and so you have to seek advice. So I seek financial advice. I seek um, from my financial advisor, what do you think about this? Um, tell me about that, and if they don't have that, if he doesn't have that particular expertise, he said, but I do know this, and I think I know your brand, and I don't think it fits, or have you considered this? The market is not right for that. I want to go into a brick-and-mortar space. Um, in 21, I said, I have an opportunity. I've been invited to, to do this. He said, you know, Macy's is having trouble keeping the doors open. It's not time, and so I seek advice because you don't always know. You need another set of eyes and another lens. I'm learning how to be patient and wait for the right time, how to move forward with an idea. And um, I'm learning how to redefine print because you can get in trouble if you don't. Trust me. I know Mm -hmm. I had to learn from my uh, boo-boos and and experiences. Mm -hmm. I've made so many mistakes in those areas. And I think you do because you're eager to be in business I'm, I've just been in business for three years, so you're eager to be in business and you're wanting people to support you and for you to collaborate with so you don't feel like you're by yourself. So that's easy to do, but I'm learning how to be more direct with my expectations, um, my boundaries, uh, what I'm looking for. I do have a wonderful operations manager, someone who believes in the vision and as well organized, and she helps keep me on task. I love D'Ambria. I love her, love her, love her, love her. Um, I have a volunteer board of um, uh, board members, board of, board of advisors who help me and they lend their expertise, their eyes, their ears, and their perspective to help me make decisions. Um, I depend on God and then indwelling of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit to help me understand, uh, to help me see what I can't see with my natural eyes to mm-hmm. be able to see in the spirit. And, and then I have to be obedient, Gary. No. Right. And, 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 and sometimes we, we don't listen to the whispers and then we mm-hmm. still enter an agreement and we get burned and we have to eat that and I've been there and did mm-hmm. that so many times. Uh, I do believe I'm empowered by the Holy spirit to do what I'm doing. I do see, uh, because you can get discouraged, especially when you're new, mm-hmm. you're a startup. It's discouraging, but I feel empowered by the Holy Spirit that this is what He wants me to do, and uh, and it aligns. It aligns. It aligns with who I am. I don't have to make it up. My brand is who I am.
3: I'm not having to right.
2: lie about anything.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't
2: have. And I always say, what you see is who you see is what you get. You know, what you, what you get. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
1: a relationship. I
2: pray about it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I pray about it. I, um, Proverbs 3 and 5, that's my mom's favorite scripture. Trust in the mm-hmm. Lord God, that heart will not until you understand it. And I find out that to be true in everything. And in Proverbs 16 and 3, my works the Lord, that mm-hmm. my thoughts may be established. And when I don't do that and let him take the will, then I get in trouble. That's right. I, I, I honestly do. I get in trouble. And then I wait. I wait. Sometimes it's a waiting game, and you wait. Um, my new podcast is coming. It it was on my vision board for two years before I got a green light from the Holy Ghost. And you know what? I had to wait because I had done enough stuff wrong. It
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. didn't and, and
2: was and was not successful. Um, and my husband has had to bail me out financially. And um, mm-hmm. and um, because I was so um, impatient. Impatient, in mm-hmm. connected, and uh, did people with money, business with people who did not have the same share the same values about money as I did,
3: mm-hmm. and so
2: that cost me too. Um, so I, I hope that answered some of what you said. You, you've answered
1: all of <laughs> them because what you're sharing, and again, it's for all of us, and it's for the listeners mm-hmm. again who are contemplating, who may be there, who may have just came out of what you're what you're speaking of because the bottom line is you have incorporated everything. You've incorporated God, your operations manager, again, your your mm-hmm. partner, your husband, your parents, mm-hmm. you know, individuals that have opened, allowed you to walk through their door because only God can close a door for a believer. And so therefore mm-hmm. you're allowing the individuals who are listening and who will be listening to what you're saying to be able to take inventory of where they are and recognizing that it's not all about them if they don't put God in the beginning and also obeying him. Pamela, what has been some of your career highlights? I I would say, um, and I I, I appreciate
2: this question because honestly, because I did not have a career until my third, until I was 39. I always said when people say, I've been somewhere for 30 years, I won't have that testimony. I'll have it in ministry. I will have that in ministry. I've been preaching since I was 22. I'll have that, but professionally, so I had to think about this, and in interior design, I worked at a design center called Crispin's here in the Dayton area. If I could finish a job in an installation and the, the, the client or clients were happy, that was a win. That was a success, and I meet people, uh, I'll meet them again around town, and they're saying, we're still enjoying our space. That is a highlight for me, and I have a few projects that I really, really um, remember, you know, working working with the family, working with the home, and I'm proud of that finished product, that it brought them great joy. Those are career highlights for me. I've had... Uh, couples invite me over for dinner parties in their space, their great space or their great room or their dining, formal dining, to be able to share a meal with them. That is what it's about, that I created a space that they love and brings them joy. When I worked for Functional Formularies, again, for this dynamic entrepreneur, I found where she could fit in the market, found where her, uh, she could, because what she produced in it, a someone to write a prescription. So I took the product to the prescription writers, and that meant a lot of trade shows and a lot of traveling. And for to have them a shift in their mentality to be able to use this product for their patient was a win-win and put it in places, again, like John Hopkins, um, Vanderbilt, uh, Kaiser. Those are huge medical spaces. And I took it to the critical care, which is the ICU. And so this is formula for people who can't eat orally. They have to take their food through a tube. And this was all organic, all whole food, the top of the line. Now it's the gold standard. It wasn't when we started. People called it snake oil. But to be able to bring that paradigm shift in their thinking that this is mm-hmm. not snake oil. This is food. Do you eat food? You can open your mouth, mm-hmm. put food in it. Okay, they can they need They should be able to have food, too. Um, But during the pandemic, what I thought was the most rewarding, no longer working with the company. She had sold it. I left after 10 10 months after she sold the company. The vision, the whole dynamic had changed at the company. And um, I saw a post on social media during the pandemic. Someone was in ICU, and they were being too fed because they had COVID. And their doctor held up a bag of our formula. And I mm.
3: thought, wow, how, mm-hmm. thank
2: you, how life-changing was that to be able to put a product to know where it needed to be positioned in the market and then it to bear that kind of fruit days and days, years later in a space where she said, you sure we're going to the ICU? I said, Robin, we're going <laughs> to pre- present this to the <laughs> ICU To the critical care, and for that to be there feeding Mm -hmm. people who had COVID during the pandemic, Gary, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. it didn't hardly get any better than Mm that. Um, One time I was traveling for her. It was Good Friday. I wanted to go home. I wanted to go to church, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He was hungry for the word.
1: Yes, and
2: um, I was traveling. I was traveling for her, and I was sitting next to this gentleman, and he was traveling for work, too. We had a little turbulence. He grabbed my arm so that I opened up a conversation about what we, what we did. And I showed him my business card, and he said, wait a minute. My daughter uses that product. I'm talking mid-air. Mm, mm, mm. My
3: Great daughter God.
2: uses that product. He said, you tell her. I said, thank you. She'll never come out of that wheelchair, but she has quality mm-hmm. of life. Her, she's able to speak. She's able. You know, all these many different things. And I just sat there in tears. And, I, and so I value that just gave the greatest value to proven value of what I was doing. And God was see me remind us like that time. Uh, I worked for a nonprofit organization that helped entrepreneurs. I helped over 100 women uh, in business. Um, that same CEO, she funded this. This was her, one of her. As an entrepreneur, she wanted to give this benefit for other women. And so that started in my basement at the onset of the pandemic. And um, we developed that company, that that nonprofit. It helped over 100 women uh, in the city of Dayton. And many of them still reach out to me now. And I no longer work for the company. I haven't worked there for two years. So that, mm-hmm. uh, I won an award for that. Uh, she support her endeavors from the Taft law firm here in the, but it's really not about the accolades, it's not about mm-hmm. the notoriety and the award. Um, Even the degrees, it's not about that. You know, mm-hmm. when I was pursuing them, I wanted the medals. I'm not going to tell you tale. I wanted the medals in the sashes,
3: mm-hmm. in the
2: ropes. I mean, I had so much uh, regala on. Um, but this master's <laughs> degree is not about that. It's mm-hmm. about, okay, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? And to do my best, as my mother said all the time do your best. It may not be the best, but it's your best. And mm-hmm. so that always, I admit it, that. Remains true to me that uh, word that she spoke. So if I'm in a space, I'm going to do my best. And I feel like if I can no longer do my best, time for us to part. It's time to leave. I've I've done all that I'm supposed to do in that space. So that's how I feel about accomplishments now in their totality. But of course, it was about the marketing plan and. What was the return on investment, or how how large that design? How you know um, how many spaces was I do that? Do the dining room, the living room, the bedroom? You know, uh, it was about that at that time. But as I look back over it now, what did it add to the to people that I was serving? Because again, whatever you do, it's a person attached to that. Mm, mm, mm.
1: All right, so listeners, there's a reason, as I indicated earlier, why I pose these questions to Pamela as she shared her sojourn leading up to now, especially as we in a few minutes talked about as it relates to her business. But it, it's allowing you, the listener, to have an idea because you may pick up the phone and reach out to Pamela so that she is able to assist you. But you needed to know her background and who she has helped starting with herself, starting with family, who she's listened to. And as you just heard her share as relates to, irrespective of the well-known colleges and hospitals and so forth, but as she just shared as relates to on that airline trip, meeting someone who said thank you on behalf of their child. And so, therefore, that was the reason so that you know that God has blessed Pamela to be all she is and will continue to be. Pamela, let's turn toward your publication and book. While in college, why were you interested in studying mental illness among African-American women, and what did you learn? Um, I began studying that for personal reasons. I
2: had family members who had uh, some mental health issues, and um, at that time I was pursuing to be an honor graduate. If I'm going to go for it, I'm going to go for it. And so the mentor that I met with, her space was health communication. So you need to study something related to health. And so for a moment, because I was a young mother, I was going to study, I was going to do my paper, my research on um, teenage pregnancy. I said, no, I need this for myself. I need to understand this space so I could help this family member. And so um After doing so, I learned so much. I learned that there's a great – at this time, now this was 2020, there's a lot of conversation now currently about mental health issues, and especially in the African-American community, that the need to seek help. This was not the case in 2015. So 2014, when I started the research, and I finished it in a a year-and-a-half study, but I learned that a stigma – a lot of the stigma – uh, attached to it, the stigma in faith spaces attached to it, not just in our community but also in our in our uh, faith community. I learned that African American women were underserved. Uh, there's a reluctance because there's this misconception that we're superwomen, we can do everything, um, and that has led to a lot of pressure, a lot of um, not taking care of ourselves, not being able to seek out help, and all these many different things. The whole conversation was just taboo. And I can recall, honestly, when I was growing up, I didn't know a lot of black women that didn't say they they were taking nerve pills. I don't know if you ever heard that, Gary, but I'm I'm mm-hmm. this out So mm-hmm. it was a girl, I had to take my nerve pill. T- I'm going to take my nerve pill. I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> that was the coping. It's mm-hmm. the truth. That was the coping. They were on Xanax. They were on Valium. And the doctors prescribed this for them to be able to cope. Many of them my mother would, would get up before day in the morning and go to work. And uh, so and we it was six of us and so when you think about women in our spaces that were dealing with these with these, these pressures of life, the option they were told, if they went professionally, um, a lot of them substance abuse, alcoholism, Drug abuse. So, but who can I turn to? So, in reaching out to help my family, I needed to be armed with some some data, some understanding about medication, to understand about patterns, uh, the understanding about pathology, all of those things. And so, there is a pattern and pathology of mental health issues in our in our culture and in the African-American community that honestly stems all the way back to slavery. I know people don't mm-hmm. want that about right. slavery, but it is it, 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 mm-hmm. it is the truth. That's um, right. It did happen. And there's still mm-hmm. a ramifications that are generational that right. still re- uh, rear their ugly head um, mm-hmm. in our lives today. And if we don't address it and if we don't recognize it, and we don't make it um, where the conversation that person feels comfortable to be able to say, "I need help," then it's going to continue to be perpetuated throughout our generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, that was that study at that time. It was groundbreaking, um, and it was a lot of dig, 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 because it wasn't a lot of conversation about around it. And myself, I have access to therapy. I was within trying to help this family member, and my doctor was like, you need to go to therapy, because I was that complex of, you know, I can take care of my family and yours, too. I couldn't. And Mm -hmm. so uh, I've accessed therapy on Mm -hmm. several occasions, and I've learned so much. And do I pray? Absolutely. Is God a healer? Yes, I believe he's a mm-hmm. healer, and I am a walking miracle. He's given me uh, several miracles in my body, and he's healed me on mm-hmm. numerous occasions. I do know him for that. Um, learning how to deal with these things can be complex.
3: Mm-hmm. And sometimes
2: it's not just a therapist. It's a therapist and a psychiatrist. It's
3: mm-hmm. a therapist
2: and some medication. So um, uh, I learned all of that from studying in that and helping Others be able to navigate
1: that space of mental
3: health mhm,
1: and so what <clears throat> what you're saying in reality is you know we can be so heavenly minded, but we also have to be earthly earthly good at the same time and when I Amen. say that listeners okay. is because what you just heard families share as relates to those uh on the why uh she uh, took the study and in, in mental health uh illness as relates to Uh, our communities ladies and then you heard allude to as at least to from the slavery standpoint and medications Mm -hmm. and so forth all that's important because you gotta again go back and keep in mind whether one had the ability to do the research to find out the causative factors and the after effects of that which we put in our body because fda just put out that all of these years where people were going to the pharmacist getting these over-the-counter medications Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they put out a, a, a recent study that they were no, they were not doing any good. Well, at the same time, just like Pamela indicated, as relates to, to say taking the nerve pills, and of course, there are doctors who prescribe what they call water pills, and a lot of times it's the battles in the mind. What Pamela is talking about is making sure that the individuals who are experiencing whatever emotional problems based upon whatever real concerns occurring in their life that they understand and find all the solutions for their life so that they can move forward. Not only they, but the effects that may affect their family and those that are leaning on them to help them move forward. And so that's what we're talking about, and that's the importance. And that's, again, I'm going to go back to uh, tonight's interview because Knowing that Pamela and I have been trying to get on just so you can hear all that God is allowing you to hear from her, from him, through her, because you may be where she is and have been in your own life now. Pamela, last year Amanda. you wrote Destiny Chaser, Align Your Life with the Thoughts that God Have for You. Why and what does it entail?
2: Well, I, I wrote it. It came to me. So I didn't set out to write Destiny Chase. So The words came to me uh, one morning. I was visiting my mother. So I was just a vessel, and um, the words came to me, um, you've only gone as far as others have permitted you to go. I want you to think boundless and endless, because God is boundless. God is endless. And I said, Lord, that sounds like a book. He said, yes, get up and write it. I literally started writing it at my mother's kitchen table on that visit. And so... It's rooted in the word of God. Ephesians tells us that we were chosen, predestined before the foundation of the world. And so it always, when I think about that, even before the foundation, before Genesis 1 and 1, when he said, uh, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we know the earth without without form or void. We know as scholars that about the pre world. We know all of that. But even before that, God had Pamela in mind before he even created Eve. Um, mm-hmm. Before he even created Adam, Gary, God had mm-hmm. Gary in mind.
1: That's right. And He knows
2: the thoughts, the thoughts and the plans that He has uh, for us. And so, as I was writing this book, um, as the vessel, the Lord would wake me up sometimes early in the morning. Uh, and I was like, Okay, well, you want to go right? I mean before day in the morning, Gary literally mm-hmm. he would wake me up <laughs> with And I knew I had to go ahead. <laughs> I knew I had to come down to my office, I call it my she shed and start typing mm-hmm. because they would leave, right? If I didn't do that. But the words were ministering to me mm-hmm. as I was uh as I was typing them out. And so in the book I talk about having destiny partners, which I mentioned that but that's my that's my family. And if you're married, a definite partner should be your spouse.
3: Mm-hmm. It
2: really should be your spouse because you're going through life together. My parents, uh, they never told me what I was not. They never said what I wasn't going to be. They told me who I was all the time. My mother said, you're smart and you're spiritual. I wanted her to tell me I was pretty and cute. She didn't do that. <laughs> she called <laughs> She called out. She called tell me all the time. One day, Pam, you're going to own your own business. Because he did, and he would say, no matter what I did, and when I was uh, in interior design, he would say, well, how was work today? How was sales? I could have sold a dime or I could have sold $10,000. He would say the mm-hmm. same thing. Well, that's okay, darling. One day you're going to have your own. And so he put that in me. That's a destiny partner. Mm-hmm. You have propellers, which are your mentors that help you um, identify uh, what's in you, and they help call that out. Um, Destiny cheerleaders that, hey, whatever you're doing, I'm going rah, rah, rah. Whatever you're selling, I'm going to buy, buy, buy. You have those people in your life, too. But you also have deterrence and struggles those people that speak negative negative things to you that um, scholars call that self-fulfilling prophecy. And you can believe that, and they can take root and seed in you and and choke out, grow up as weeds and choke out Mm -hmm. what God has put into you and learning how to identify those. So each chapter gives a little bit of that. So if it's a chapter about Destiny Propeller, helping you realize who those people were in your life, and then you, it's a space for the reader, because it's a self-help book, it's a space for the reader to journal what these people told you. Right? Mm-hmm. So don't have a mentor mm-hmm. just to have coffee with someone. You, <laughs> you should take note of what they're pouring in to you. Uh, blessed the man that walk by the counsel of the ungodly. Right? Mm-hmm. So you've sought mm-hmm. out some godly counsel, and so that should bear fruit. That's what the next scripture says. That man should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit right in his season. Mm-hmm. And so that should bear forth some fruit if you have taken some godly counsel. So uh, those destiny propellers, those destiny partners are very, very important. And so th- that's what the book brings about because I don't really know if I reset totally with, All of these things, I knew they were components in my life. I knew I had them. I knew they served me, but I never had put it in this type of package. So Mm -hmm. when I say align your life with the thoughts that God has for you, Jeremiah 29 tells us, I know the thoughts and the plans that I have for you. Well, I want those. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily concerned about what Martha, Mary, and Jane says.
3: That's -hmm. nice.
2: But it better line up with the word of God. I'm gonna leave it where it is, right? That's right. And so there's some to you that are not you, and then you mm-hmm. want to wear them, right? Or, or you'll let them take mm-hmm. root in you. Um, and I'm I'm grateful that I had those people in my life that, um, were my mother, and my father, that affirmed in me, and I affirmed my children, Gary. I affirmed my mm-hmm. children that they knew what was in them.
3: Mm-hmm. They knew
2: their gifts and the we called them out, and we prayed for them and to help uh partner and walk with them, we didn't believe at eighteen that you were you know grow on your own figure it out mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: No, we made mm-hmm. a commitment that we were going to help them get a good start in life and help them launch, and that takes time that takes energy that takes money, that takes patience, that takes some mentoring. Uh, because you get a certain age, you can't tell your children. You have to mentor them. You have to pray with them. You have to believe God with them, call out what they are, helping spiritual eyes for them. And mm-hmm. so this is what this book is about. For anyone who does not have that or need to shape it up or need to know what that looks like, Destiny Chaser is a guide. It's a guide. Um, last year I held a cohort. And some of the ladies said, I couldn't get past chapter one because I had never thought about it. Mm, I had mm, never thought mm. about it. You're on a journey, and you haven't thought about really what is your purpose. So we can walk around without any intent. Mm -hmm. We can walk around without the knowledge of what's my purpose. Well, darling, it's aligned according to the gifts and talents God gave you that came with the breath of life that he breathed in you. And it's for us that they're developed, they're cultivated, they're um, uh, they blossom, they bloom. Um, educating uh, academics should help and aid in that, right? And I know we don't mm-hmm. all know. There are some people who do, Gary. They know from the time mm-hmm. they were born, and they could talk. They wanted to be a doctor.
1: Kudos! Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. know that. That's right. I didn't know that. That's right. Wow. <clears throat> Well, well, well. All right. So let's turn toward your business that you formed three years ago. And just remember, we started the conversation off as it relates to aspirations and no aspiration Uh and all that God has (laughs) blessed you with to for. And you just talked about not only what you wrote in college, but a a brand new book to allow people to do a a self-retrospection for their life so that they Uh can move forward. All right. What is the name? and and aims and goals of your business?
2: Okay. Curated Spaces is a collective. And so um, I believe that uh, God has given me a vision through my gifts and talents that content, style, and decor is going to create a, create meaning for the person who comes in contact with that product or service. So Curated Spaces um, is a sum total of all the gifts and talents I believe that God has given me, a Brand encapsulates under the collective uh, content style and decor. My under content, my whole goal is to publish content that creates spiritual growth. So, outside of my books, my journals, curated spiritual growth, curated spiritual content, uh, Disney chasers. We talked about I have a. a Virtual platform, wisdom and grace. We have a biannual, uh, it's a biannual cohort where we study Proverbs, and that's a whole other story. The Lord spoke to me during the pandemic to read Proverbs, and then He led me to uh, start an online virtual Bible study, which has become this wonderful community and safe space for safe space for women to grow spiritually, interpersonally, and uh, professionally. And we love it, and we're going to bring it now into a retreat, just an unction to a study out of that book. I found other women who were seeking not seeking how to have have wisdom in their lives. Style again, I'm connected interior design. I'm connected with my mother as far as fashion, but it's a space that women. So you can tell my my client is a woman. Um, that in even in style, right now I have a boutique uh, Pamela Cones hair boutique, and for women who have suffered hair loss, and maybe it's from medical condition, maybe it's from um, um, chemical application, but you still want to feel confident. You still want to feel, because you're in the professional spaces, you're in your community, or even in your home, you want to feel beautiful. That's a need, and so that's in style. We're also getting ready to launch a care line that was I developed alongside with a chemist that's going to, um, you're not going to combat aging, okay, we're going to age, but how to care for your aging skin, how to care for it, how to nourish it, how to look your best, no matter what your age is. So um, my tagline for that is remaining timeless, not ageless, but I am mm-hmm. taking care of my skin as I'm taking care of my body. So I'm very, very excited about that. That should be out this year. We're in the uh, marketing testing phase of that. Eventually, under decor, I want the Pamela Cone collection. And that would be furniture pieces in home decor items. So we're working on that. That's future. So each one ha- of these categories, it's a piece of that gift. It's a piece of that talent. So when I get to heaven, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go empty. He's not gonna have to act he's not going, God is not gonna have to ask me, Pam, what did you do with mm-hmm. the gifts and talents I gave you? And I'm not answering not gonna be right. I buried them, okay?
1: And That's so right. I, Praise I, I, God. I
2: use them for his glory and I pray that That's right. It glor- my it glorifies God. Now content That's is right. because I'm a preacher. That's my main That's right. calling. Mm-hmm. Um but uh I want them to grow forth if if I use them, I want them to grow and expand and increase. So uh, I'm excited about this opportunity to do, um, as my dad said, one day you're going to have your own. Thank you.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) That's right. Praise God. Yeah. What is the Wisdom and Grace bookstore and gift shop?
2: So that comes out of that uh, Wisdom and Grace virtual um, platform. And they're so, pr- they're so proud to be in this group. And so um, we will, under content, um, when we pull out of the cohort, my operations manager and I, we take what I've taught and we're producing books. We already have one, The Wisdom Seekers daily devot- Weekly Devotional. So out of that cohort comes a book. So also there's other merchandise that... Um, they love to display with pride t-shirts and things of that nature. And then the journals, um, we're working on a journal that um, it'll be like um, cards that you can select. Doesn't have to be an order, right? But, mm-hmm. and you pull that card up each week and you reflect on that prompt. And then you journal in your book based on that prompt because we can talk about, well, I've been in God for 30 years. I've been in ministry 25 years, or I've been a Christian since I was 10. But how do we gauge our spiritual growth Mm -hmm. by how we've committed to the Word of God and how our life reflects to that commitment right? our interpersonal, our uh, interpersonal spiritual growth? So that's the whole premise of that. And so all of these items reflect that um, pride, some of them do, in that outside of the books that help facilitate the growth in the journals that we're putting out and have um, in in Q two put out. But their T-shirts, their uh, journals, their uh, coffee mugs, because I love a good cup of coffee. I also have a, um, a coffee line. And my dad and I, that was our favorite pastime, is drinking coffee together. So <laughs> all of that, uh, um, it's a sense of community. Wisdom mm-hmm. and Grace is a sense of community for women. It's not a sorority. I'm mm-hmm. not a a sorority chick. I'm not down in sororities. <laughs> I've just never been in one. And mm-hmm. uh and uh, I'm not a ooh, let's have girls night mm-hmm. and go do our fingernails and go get uh pedicures. No, um let's lift one another up and mm-hmm. come and learn grow together. And That's they right. love it. They love this community. Gary, they absolutely love it. And um I, I love it. I I love being able that God asked me to do it, that mm-hmm. he asked me to uh, help. When I'm not their pastor. Some of them go to other mm-hmm. churches. Um, I'm the Bible study leader
3: uh, mm-hmm. for ten twenty
2: 20 weeks out of the year, and they come. And we study Proverbs. This last time we studied Proverbs and Psalms. Um, and <laughs> um, it never gets old. Proverbs can never mm-hmm. get old. I have not mm-hmm. changed the content. Whenever I read it, he'll give me something different. that says, the Lord, I read that. And I, that is so different today mm-hmm. than it was before. And um, some of them come on their lunch hour. It's on Thursdays. We'll do it at noon. They'll come on their lunch hour. They'll come while they're listening in, while they're driving down the road. It's a community of women who are seeking wisdom from God, and they want a safe space. I'm finding, too, that they have pride in it because... What goes mm-hmm. on in the, in the Wisdom and Grace Zoom room stays in the Wisdom and Grace Zoom room. And that's they feel right. that free, they that freedom to cry. They feel that mm-hmm. freedom to pray. They feel that freedom to praise God. And the Holy Spirit just comes into the virtual Bible study in a way that's so uplifting and encouraging. Sometimes I don't even want to leave. Okay, mm-hmm. y'all, you go back to work, don't you? <laughs> you know? And, uh, just, you get
1: on back to so, work.
2: Yeah, y'all got to go back to work. you well, Your lunch hour
1: is over.
2: And, uh, uh, and But it's a space where they don't have to worry about the person sitting next to them that might feel some kind of way. They're able to be born. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. And or take uh, the information I, I, and gossip.
2: There you go. You just made that very <laughs> – that's true, that people want not take what they say and, and gossip. So uh, mm-hmm. the gift shop is just the expression of their joy to be in the group, to be a part mm-hmm. of the virtual community. But the, the meat of wisdom and grace are our cohorts. Mm-hmm. And so this year, in 2024, we are planning a retreat, um, a weekend retreat where we can come together and share uh, what
1: we've been doing online to actually do it. Praise God. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> The reason why I, I uh, said what I just said is, it's reminding me. And praise God for what you're doing. In um, and uh, probably a few weeks, a, a, a pastor out there who, from a national perspective, I are going to do the same thing with men, and that's important because right. men uh, need to understand that it's okay to shed some tears from inside because you're holding up all whatever's going on and that causes what you and I mm-hmm. were talking about earlier causing strokes causing all these other mm-hmm. problems and so we're going to make sure we have a sponge and bucket there as we communicate with these men so that they can take and wipe those tears you know because they hopefully they'll share share from within not sharing from within just so they can hear somebody else's business and go tell somebody about it but share from within so that they could be healed so that they could be all they need, must, and should be in their own lives first, selfishly, but at the same time impacting the ones in their life uh, that they love and who love them so that they can impact, as you have been doing, uh, your neighborhood, your city, which has an impact Mm -hmm. on the state and the nation. Sister Pamela, you have been working alongside your husband, Pastor Stephen Cohn, the past 25 years. And I know you alluded to earlier how you came about as relates to being in the ministry. Since that time leading up to now, what has been uh, your joys and what have been your sorrows as it relates to um, communicating, listening, and, and having to counsel individuals who have come to mm-hmm. you, similar to what you just alluded to as relates to the ladies when you all get together and share from within yeah. that you don't even want to leave each other absolutely uh, great
2: joy um in seeing individuals who don't know the lord come to the lord great joy um it's like you get born again all over again
3: mm-hmm.
2: even if you're leading the person to christ mm-hmm. and um i love a good baptism to see someone, uh, to uh, express their profession openly. Those are great joys that I I always love in ministry, no matter what. We're church planters, so we've planted in our home, we've planted in community centers, we've planted um, in a military chapel. We've done that work um, for a long, long time. To see individuals grow spiritually from being a, a, a babe in Christ some of the men that we helped grow, and as someone said, you taught me how to, mm-hmm.
1: you know, memorize
2: scripture. They're now pastors and apostles. They're, you know, <coughs> a pastors, wife, all of many mm-hmm. different things. And I remember them sitting at my kitchen table, you know, eating spaghetti and chicken after church mm-hmm. on Sunday, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are great personal joys. I've also had the honor and the privilege of serving and people's highs, marriages, births, um, you know, you be my baby's parent, you know, all those many different things. Those are joys as well. I found the person I want to be, because it's all in ministry too. It's mm-hmm. all in ministry. You have to uh, tell them they have to be born again. You have to teach them the word of God. You have to baptize them. You have to, but you have to, in um, mm-hmm. the joys and the sorrows, um, stand with them. So in the sorrows, I've been to cemetery i've been to the to the deathbed i've been to the prison i've been to the mental ward uh i've been in hospital rooms where they've had stillborn children all the, the honor of serving in all those places uh, getting called in the middle of the night where they've lost their loved ones they've lost their uh, their husband he's transitioning right now those are times that are they're honorable they're just and even more important. Those and more, that mourn Rejoice with those that rejoice That's important
3: mm-hmm. If you're
2: going to be at the marriage feast You need to be at the cemetery
3: mm-hmm. It's all
2: a part of All a part of serving All a part of being a, a clergy member uh, To mm-hmm. pray for them In financial difficulties To encourage them To pray with them when they're sick And see the miracles that God do in their body That God mm-hmm. does in their body the, the financial miracles that God done Um And at the same time, I have my family. That's right. right. And so sometimes in that duality of being bivocational and serving, you can't forget to serve your family, and you can't forget to meet the needs of your house, and you can't forget to meet the needs of one another. And it is not easy. I don't care what they post on Instagram. Okay ministry excuse me ain't no walking apart (laughs) so you have to Mm -hmm. be committed to to doing so and we look back sometimes and you think well I have missed opportunities but the word says that you have not given up that he won't give back now in this lifetime a hundredfold so we believe that but over time we've had to learn balance we've had to learn Mm -hmm. how to take a vacation we've had to have time to say this is family time my daughter uh, asked if my, she wanted me to bring my grandson over Sunday. Well, we were um, having our church leaders over to thank them for their hard work all year. We do this every year. And I said, no, I'm not mixing the two. I'm going I'm to be, you know, minister on Sunday, and then mm-hmm. you bring him, and I'll be Mimi. You, you, know, you know what I mean? But
3: mm-hmm. there was the time, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known
2: just that I needed to separate those two. So mm-hmm. we had to learn how to have um, balance between that. Ministry takes time, ten- attention, effort, love, patience, and money, just like children. They take mm-hmm. a place at your table dot, like they're li- it's a living, breathing thing in your house. Now when we were 25 and 26 starting about to sit <laughs> in the living room, we we didn't understand that. <laughs> we did not. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn how. I feel compelled to share this story. It's going to make it brief. I feel, when I was mm-hmm. young, young in ministry, mm-hmm. um, I was very fire and brimstone. I was mm-hmm. very, um, I, I was, you know, I could whoop you with the word. if it you phoned you couldn't receive it. And very self righteous. <laughs> and That's I had right. started my, I started my Bible study in our living room, and and we were out one day. I was going to a clinic to get my youngest daughter vaccinated. She was maybe about eight. I'm about a year. And um, she still wasn't a carrier carry with her arms, so she was young. And um, my husband dropped us off. He stayed in the car. And I prayed a prayer, Gary. I said, Lord, send me someone that I can share your goodness with today in my very so Christendom mm. way.
3: <laughs> mm. I get into the clinic. Mm-hmm.
2: This lady sits next and um and she's an African-American lady. She has a baby in her hand and arms. And she's feeding him a bottle, and the the contents were green. And I looked at it, kind of strange, and she thought, oh, I mixed his pea green, favorite mm-hmm. food, this one thought, how disgusting, and how lazy of you, okay? This is my mentality, growth mm-hmm. over time in life. I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. great, I was in my 20s, full of zeal, but not according mm-hmm. to a lot of knowledge. And she said, she didn't tell me that she was pregnant, and she was considering an abortion. Mm-hmm. And there, Gary, the things, excuse me, Gary, the things that came through my mind, I said, Lord, get me away from this lady. She's trying to tell me she wants to abort her baby, and da 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 dah. Now, I'm not thinking about it, Gary. I was pregnant at 16. I wasn't thinking about that. And so they called my name. I said, whew, I go back, get my little baby with my little receiving blanket and everything all neat and nice and I get my shot and I go on out the door and then I had the nerve and the audacity to get to the car and tell the Lord well, you didn't give anybody today for me to share their goodness with mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and the Holy Spirit said yes I did I oh. said oh,
3: Lord
2: I was This was 25 years ago, and it still hurts Mm -hmm. my heart that I did this, lady this Mm -hmm. way. And I got home and I fell on my knees, and I had to repent, and I had to pray for her that whatever decision she made, that God would keep her, God would hold her up, God would forgive her, Mm -hmm. whatever it was, God would bless her. Because I I didn't give her anything. I didn't give her anything. I don't know who that for today. I, I, I share that from time to time. That's my lived experience. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, don't allow me ever to do that again. The Bible says, Mm -hmm. whosoever will let him come.
3: And so I did
2: that. And so over time, it's growth. It is growth. A preacher, a clergy member, Mm
3: -hmm. they're
2: still human to air human. And Mm so we're still human. I still make mistakes. Uh, Our spiritual growth is not linear. Mm -hmm. okay. It ebbs and flows, and, t- and, you know, all you throw, mm-hmm. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I know you called me. Um, there have been times where I didn't have the word. And I said, Lord, I ain't got it. There's been times I felt that I wasn't close to God. I know it was called, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't getting anything. I wasn't getting an unction to preach or an unction to pray or unction to prophesy. And that happens. And there are times um, married clergy members, married people in ministry, they don't get along. mm mm-hmm. I know there's not the truth that maybe somebody want to hear today.
3: Mm-hmm. that they, they don't
2: get along. Your pastors are not God.
3: Mm-hmm. That's to right.
2: That's and right. so they are striving every day to reach towards mm-hmm. the mark. That's what they're doing <clears> every day. And Praise so God. that's what I've learned out of uh, 25, 2025, will be 30 years.
3: Mm-hmm. That's what
2: I've learned Um in um, ministry, and there have been times where I've been shaking in my shoes. The first time I went to the mental ward, I didn't know where I was going. This was a long time ago. it was in my, still in my 20s. Well, I had big lessons. I don't know about mm-hmm. other members, but I had some doozies. And the first time mm-hmm. I went to the mental ward, when we come out to the hospital, this is even before HIPAA. And I don't know, I thought maybe the girl had a, 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 a appendectomy. I didn't know. And so I'm going out there go to pray for her and pray with her. And I said, mm-hmm. she's on the so-and-so floor. And I got mm-hmm. up there in this mental ward and I froze. And I said, Lord, Father, I stretched my hand to you. you no know, it help I know. Because I had to go mm-hmm. on medical. I needed to pray for her. And, um, um, and I, you know what I did? I got home. I turned my plate over. Mm-hmm. I said, Lord, I can't anything for her, but you can. Mm-hmm. And it was on my birthday. I was fasting three days and nights through my birthday. My husband was over in Saudi because he was Air Force over remote somewhere.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, Those are things you do, is sacrifice. You fast, you pray, you give, and all of that, and trust God that he's going to honor your service. But you never forget again,
3: there's Mm -hmm. a person
2: attached. There's a person Mm
3: -hmm. attached
2: to that calling. There's a person attached to that title, minister, Mm -hmm. assistant pastor, first lady. It's a person attached Mm -hmm. to that, and I had to learn it over time. There's a lot of hurting people, and I can't tell you how many times I've shed tears, how many times my feelings have been hurt. I mean, I've been put out of people's houses looking mm-hmm. to get out, um, mm-hmm. but I still have to stand. still have to mm-hmm. honor my calling. Um, it ain't glam, despite what you see on the Instagram. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, is, it, it 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 is not. It It is not. But you know what? It's the joy of my
1: life. That's right. Praise mm-hmm. God, my beloved sister. <clears throat> you know, the uh, <clears throat> now we know <clears throat> the importance of today's interview because, again, a lot of times we, when I say we, whether you're behind the pulpit or in the pews, don't see the spiritual warfare behind the scene. And as you know, Daniel prayed. His prayer was answered, but there it was did. a battle going on. We don't know why the devil, Satan wanted the body of Moses. However, the angel had to call on another angel for help. And when that angel came, that archangel came, he didn't say, I, Gary, or Pamela got it going on. He said, the Lord rebuked. It's important that we keep in mind, like you're sharing all that we can see, but there's some unseen. And, And just like you were sharing about how God, through the Holy Spirit, encourage you as it relates to the book of Proverbs. Now, here you got the man who God had blessed with wisdom, the only one. Mm-hmm. And here at the end of his days, he didn't have it going on no more. He told the truth. He said, listen, there's nothing new under the sun. And he tried to give that sound <laughs> advice if one wanted to hear and listen. And I share all that to say, coming back to our beloved sister Pamela, is that, again, listeners, go back to the beginning of the interview, if you really wasn't listening, and bring it up to now because it equals what Pam shared, which is simply, no matter what knowledge, whether spiritual or human knowledge you may get, the bottom line is all God is concerned about, are you going to obey me? And that's what Pamela's in the message happened to have been as relates to sharing her sojourn, and her story. All right, my sister of the household of faith, you have some exciting news that we'll be kicking off in January 2024, which is tomorrow, which is Sunday mornings with Pamela Cohn. Pamela, congratulations, and tell us more about it.
2: Thank you. Thank you so uh, much, Gary. I am excited about Sunday mornings with Pamela Cohn. I, I alluded to that it was on my vision board for two years, but this platform Uh, It's a space of worship. It's going to broadcast through the Envision Broadcasting Network and stream on all uh, streaming platforms, but it's my prayer, and I believe God is leading us to uh, facilitate spiritual growth through the ministry of the word, ministry of music, and uh, encouraging through diverse guests, and when I mean diversity in the body of Christ, I'm not just talking about culture. There's diversity mm-hmm. in the body of Christ. Lady reached out to me talking uh, speaking about wanting to talk about um her son's disability. That you know, uh we know God is mm-hmm. a healer, but there's uh many in the body of Christ whose bodies are broken. You know, those bodies are uh disabled, they have an ailment. Um, and so I'm interested to talk to her too. But anyway, um I have this vision of the sounds that come towards heaven uh, on Sunday mornings, which is our primary day of worship. And so when if we were just to have an aerial view, Gary, I know it would blow our mind if we could hear and see all the worship that God receives, right, in every Mm -hmm. language, every culture, Mm in every way. Um, That is what I'm hoping and praying that Sunday mornings with Pamela Cone will become a global movement but mm-hmm. I'm talking to people who love God, just like you, people who love God and how they serve in this great uh, body of Christ. as Ephesians says that we've been accepted into the beloved. So my desire mm-hmm. is to highlight mm-hmm. that diversity uh, along with my guests and to be able to share and minister God's goodness, lead people to Christ, um, minister to whatever throughout the conversation that the Holy Spirit needs us to minister mm-hmm. to, the, to the listener. I believe that they will be blessed thereby.
1: Praise God. <clears throat> How can listeners obtain your organizational services, purchase your book, oh. and become a guest for and tune into your upcoming powerful program that you alluded to?
2: Thank you so much, uh, Gary. You can find uh, everything under one umbrella, com. That's my website. Um, you can find Destiny Chaser, that book there, my poetry books, and also my curated journals. If you want to be a part of Sunday Mornings with Pamela Cohn, it'll be broadcast again through the Envision Broadcasting Network every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or you can find Sunday Mornings with Pamela Cone as a podcast on all streaming platforms. You can learn about Wisdom and Grace if you go out to the website, Curated Spaces LLC. We will have our cohort beginning in February. It's going to go for 10 weeks. Uh, We'll be sending that out soon. Again, we study out of Proverbs. It's absolutely um, amazing. If you want to be a guest on the show and you love God and you want to talk about how you serve the body of Christ to be able to help someone else, uh, info at curatedspacesllc.com is my my email. That's info at uh, curatedspacesllc.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, under Pamela Cone, uh, LinkedIn under Pamela Cone. That's how I found Gary on uh, LinkedIn. Uh, you can also find uh, Sunday Mornings on Instagram, Sunday Mornings on Facebook, and Wisdom and Grace on Facebook. I would love to hear from you if you would like to invite me to be to speak anywhere for you. You can contact me at info at Curated
1: Spaces LLC. Pamela, any final words? For the listeners,
2: I, I just you know throughout this conversation, uh, so led to uh, just encourage someone that you're only going to be happy and fulfilled when you're doing what God wants you to do and what He has predestined you to do. That's the space that you're going to find joy. That's the uh, it's not in um, exterior, external, excuse me, external things. It's in that which God has ordained and uh, aligned for you to do, uh, you know it when you're doing it. You know it in the moment. You know it again because it's going to bring you so much joy. And honestly, it's going to feel like breathing because it came with the breath of God.
1: Mm, mm, mm. Praise God. My beloved sister Pamela R. Cohn, Thank you for coming on Challenges of Faith radio program and come back anytime you so desire. Oh, and by the way, happy 2024, Uh a brand new year to you, Stephen, and your total family.
2: Thank you so much. Same to you, Gary. I've enjoyed myself.
1: All right. It's an honor having you on. It's an honor having you on. So listeners, reach out to Pamela because think about all that she just shared for you. And for you, and for you, irrespective of where you are across the globe. I'm Gary McCann. Thank you for tuning in to Challenges of Faith Radio program.
3: Spirit of
1: God,
0: search me deep within.
3: Remove
0: all limitations from my own understanding. Reveal It's <laughs> here.